Three to Us on St. Catherine of Siena by Father Francis Selman. St. Catherine of Siena was an altogether extraordinary woman. She was also one of the first two women with St. Teresa of Avila to be named in 1980 a Doctor of the Church. At the bottom of the steep street in which she was born in 1347 stands a pool, the Fonte Branda, which still flows today. This pool is a reflection of her own life, which began in the home for the first twenty years of her life, and, in the remaining thirteen years, expanded in ever-widening circles, like the concentric rings which spread out from a spring bubbling up in a lake or pond. Thus the first twenty years were spent at home, the last four of them in almost total seclusion in her room, which she called the cell of self-knowledge, in a busy household, for she was the last of twenty-two children. Her twin sister died in infancy. At the top of the cliff which overlooked the Fontebranda stood the church of the Dominicans. She repaired to this church early each morning for Mass, followed by a long time of prayer and thanksgiving for communion. Later in life, almost her only physical nourishment was the Eucharist. We see that the first twenty years of her life, spent at home in prayer and helping with the household chores, were like the spring from which flowed the rest of her active life. In one of her letters, she says that the wellspring from which we draw the water of grace is Christ himself, whom she often called the sweet truth. Truth is the motto of the Dominican order, and, although she did not become a nun in the formal sense, which in those times would have required being enclosed in a convent, she belonged to its third order. Some of her letters were addressed to women who, like her, were fellow members of the Dominican Third Order, known as Mantellate from the cloak that they wore. These were her disciples, though mostly older than herself, including her mother, whom she directed. Belonging to the Third Order meant that St. Catherine did everything under obedience to the Dominican Order. We can see that if St. Catherine had been enclosed as a nun, she could not have pursued the apostolic mission to which she was clearly called by God. When she emerged from her years of prayer at home at the age of twenty, she first attracted a circle of friends around her, friars, theologians, artists, lawyers, all older than herself, but they looked up to her. From this group of friends, she then worked in her home city of Siena, nursing the invalids in a hospital in a time of plague. From her hometown, she was called to Florence to help restore peace between the pro-papal and imperial parties, the Guelphs and Ghibellines, and nearly lost her life in the venture. From the city of Florence, she was called on to the European scene, and so the scene of the politics of the Universal Church, 
in an eventually successful attempt to persuade Pope Gregory XI to return from Avignon, where the popes had resided since 1309, to Rome. The healing of this great ill of the Church, caused by the absence of the popes from Rome, was followed by a greater calamity, for Gregory XI died soon after his return. He was followed by a reforming but tactless Pope, Urban VI, who alienated many of the cardinals. The result was a great schism in the church. Catherine died, crushed by anxiety amid the woes of the church, in 1380, as her success turned to failure, thinking that her sins were the cause. In the middle of all this activity, crowded into a bare thirteen years of her life, she found time to spend one whole year catechizing poor children in the Valley d'Orcia in southern Tuscany. In this year she wrote her great book, The Dialogue. What can we learn from this brief outline of St. Catherine's life? First, she knew how to find all the time and space she needed for prayer in the busy household of her family. Second, prayer was not so much something that Catherine went to, as we do in moments snatched from our work, but she went from to her activity. Third, she knew how to combine inner peace with political activity. She used to compare God with the Pacific Sea. She is an example for today of the relevance of prayer for a life engaged in civil and political activity. Fourth, the Eucharist was the centre of her daily life. And lastly, her life was focused on the Trinity, the source of all love, and on Christ, who by his incarnation is the bridge by which we cross over from earth to heaven. We cross over this bridge by learning in the school of true doctrine, which is the Church, following on the way of the cross. Christ is the way, and he is the truth.